Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan. The first reading for today comes from the 30th, 30th chapter of Deuteronomy, verses 11 to 20. Surely this commandment I am commanding you today is not too hard for you, nor is it too far away. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will go up to heaven for us and get it for us, so that we may hear it and observe it? Neither was it beyond the sea, that you should say, Who will cross to the other side of the sea for us and get it for us, so that we may hear it and observe it? No, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, and you can do it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in these ways and observing these commandments, decrees and accordances, then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live loving and obeying the Lord your God and holding fast. For that means life to you in the length of days, so that you may live in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Hear now the word of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Our second reading this morning comes from the 26th chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew. On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Where do you want us to make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? Jesus said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is near, and I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, Jesus took his place with the twelve, And while they were eating, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. And they became greatly distressed and began to say to him one after another, Surely not I, Lord. He answered, The one who has dipped a hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to the one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. Judas, who betrayed him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus replied, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then Jesus took a cup, and after giving thanks, gave it to them, saying, Drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, 
I will never again drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Give us this day our daily bread, we pray, as often, probably, as most of us pray anything. As I like to say when introducing the Lord's Prayer, these are some of the words that Jesus put in our mouth before ever we knew what words to say. The prayer for daily bread rises from one of the most personal and visceral places in us, our hunger. And if, as we heard last month, part of why this life is full of new beginnings is that the mercies of God are new every morning, well, then I think it is also true that this life is so full of new beginnings because the hungers of humanity are also new every morning. So, give us this day our daily bread is our daily prayer. And daily prayer for our hungers is our daily bread. New every morning as we awaken to the challenges and choices of any new beginning. See, I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Those words from the book of Deuteronomy come from the mouth of Moses as he stood with his people at the edge of the wilderness at last, overlooking the one last valley that they'd have to cross in order to arrive finally after all those years of wandering at the place of promise. After all they'd been through together, everyone must have recognized the truth of those words how almost every day seems to present some opportunity to choose between blessing and curse, to choose life over death, even if you can't always tell at first glance which is which. Opportunities every day to keep commandments or to break them, which is to say, to love or to fail in love, to weave the frayed strands of community together or to tear the fabric into pieces again, to walk humbly, or to give in to arrogance, to revere and love that which is worthy of worship, or to bow ourselves down before that which shrinks our souls, to speak words that free others to hope, or words that tighten the bondage of fear, or rub the wounds of anger. The choice between blessing and curse has been our daily bread since almost forever. Living is about making choices. And though the options aren't always easy to read, nor the path among them easy to discern, the challenge to choose life is our daily bread. And our hunger to live each day well is what makes it new, what makes it matter, what makes it life. And, says Moses, this commandment is not too hard to follow, not too far away to hold, not too deep to understand. The word is very near you 
in your mouth and in your heart. Jesus recognized our hungers because he knew them from the inside. We do not live by bread alone, he said to the tempter at the very beginning of his ministry when he himself was famished. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He knew that it's possible to have a full stomach, but an empty conscience or a stone heart. Over and over again, Jesus taught us to choose carefully, to look for life among sometimes disguised options, to look for blessing in the choice of whether to stop for the one in the ditch or to pass by on the other side of the road, to look for a neighbor in the wounded or disfigured or despised ones, to look for home, even when you think you've turned your back on it forever and squandered all the love you thought there'd ever be. I came that you might have life, he said, and have it abundantly. Therefore, choose life and live. And at the end, when, as he said, the time was near, when at last they were on the outskirts of the city that he knew would soon choose death for him, when the time was ripe for a consummate choice of life, what he did was point into the gathering shadows of the city streets and send his friends to find a room and set a table. The meal they would share there was the ancient Passover ritual marking the start of the journey through the wilderness, a commemoration of the choice to follow God's lead out of slavery in Egypt, out of bondage, yes, but out into the night and with Pharaoh's chariots soon in hot pursuit, a choice between blessing and curse in a moment of danger when it must have been hard to tell which was which. Jesus knew that night, and maybe his friends knew too as they set the table, laid the bread in the napkin just so, filled the jug with wine as their ancestors had already been doing for a thousand years by that point. Maybe they knew that it would be their last meal together on earth. But Jesus knew too that to be at that table commemorating freedom and remembering the beginning of a long journey toward promise was a way of choosing life again. Being at that table together was an indelible answer to the prayer, give us this day our daily bread. A permanently renewable response to the hungers that rise from the heart of us on this wilderness way toward the place of a promised new beginning. Oh, the shadow of death was in that room, too, to be sure. Betrayal was in the air. One of you will soon choose death over life, he predicted, which made everyone ask, is it him? Is it her? But not, which made everyone ask not, is it him? Is it her? But is it I? Because everyone knew how difficult it is sometimes to know what you're really choosing when you're making the choice. 
The traditional rap on Judas is that he was simply on the payroll of evil. And maybe it was that simple. But it sometimes seems just as plausible to me that Judas made the choice he did out of frustration or anger or despair. And which of us has not set a terrible course for ourselves when choosing to steer by any of those stars? The story seems to suggest that Judas didn't stay for the meal, so we have no way of knowing what difference it might have made to whatever Judas was hungry for if he'd been there for the breaking of the bread and the pouring of the cup. But I know a church that on Maundy Thursday makes a point of breaking off a piece of the loaf and leaving it on the edge of the table in case Judas might return in time, having recognized the choice of death for what it turned out to be. It's because the shadow of betrayal is always in the air that Moses reminded his people that the choice would always be theirs, ours. Choosing is our daily bread on the way to the place of a promised new beginning. This summer, we're reflecting each Sunday on new beginnings because the sometimes wilderness world we seem to live in these days is calling us particularly to imagine new beginnings, to have confidence in the new life that God intends, and even to greet it with gratitude, with thanksgiving. So on this first Sunday of the month, we celebrate again the way Jesus took his answer to our perennial prayer, give us this day our daily bread, and embedded it in the midst of the gathering shadows of his death. And it's worth noticing that his simple, unforgettable actions at the table his friends had set for him were embedded in gratitude. He would have used the words so familiar to his people, Baruch atah runai Eloheinu melech haolam. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, for these gifts of bread and wine. But then, when they would have expected the ritual to move on to the bitter herbs, the salt water, the Passover lamb, then instead came words that fed a different hunger. I am this bread. This cup is my life. I am here to feed your hunger. I am the answer to your daily prayer. My life is poured out for the forgiveness of all the choosing you've ever done that turned out to be grounded in frustration or anger or despair or bitterness or greed or fear or anything else other than love. This bread of my body this wine of my blood. This is the choice that is blessing to you and life and length of days in the place of promise to which you are going. I am the daily bread to sustain your choosing life, he said. And then, says Matthew, after they had finished the meal that was both utterly familiar and utterly new, 
when they had sung a hymn, they went out on the Mount of Olives. We don't know what the hymn was, though it seems just as likely as anything to have been the psalm that we'll hear when our own table is set in a few minutes. But they moved out into the night holding on to a song because a song can keep gratitude alive even in the shadows. A song can be a way of choosing life and blessing. A song can be an answer to prayer. Who knows what song they were singing as they left the table and went outside. I'm not quite sure why, but that question was sort of stuck in my imagination the other day when I tuned into an NPR station from home that I like to listen to. As they happened to be replaying an Independence Day interview with Pete Seeger, the great troubadour of Americana of our generation, a special from a few years ago, telling stories about how he came to write, Where Have All the Flowers Gone? And If I Had a Hammer. Then, as Pete began to talk about his friendship with the great Woody Guthrie, the strains of that song they wrote together began to steal in behind the interview. And then the chorus came swelling in, this land is your land, this land is my land. It was one of those live in concert recordings with crowds and crowds of people singing along and Pete's quavery silver voice soaring over them all in one of those exuberant, outrageous descants of his. I found myself riding the updraft of that voice in the midst of everything that's been going on around us in this land these days. And as I listened, I realized that I'd never before heard that song from the edge of the wilderness. Never heard it putting a choice out there as it does now. This land was made for you and me and them. All of them. This commandment is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. Therefore, choose life and blessing and continue on together toward the place of a promised new beginning. So this weekend I'm thinking about choosing, choosing as our daily bread, our perennial prayer. And I'm thinking about Bill Coffin saying that patriotism means loving a country enough to be critical of it. I'm thinking about that and about leaving the table with a hymn to hold on to, riding the updraft of Pete's voice to get a good look at all of it from the edge of what I hope is a new beginning. I hear Pete singing out danger hammering out a warning, ringing out love between my brothers and my sisters all over this land. And suddenly I can't help but think about how little I've understood justice and freedom and love between my sisters and my brothers as things I need to choose to hammer out, to ring, to leave the table singing about. How much they are part of the good news of this life that Jesus came to give us in abundance, this life that was made for you and me and them, for all of us, all of us.
at the center of our faith, there is a man standing on the edge of a wilderness time among people who are weary of a very long journey. A man of sorrows who nonetheless couldn't stop being grateful as he broke his life open to feed our hunger, who even in the midst of the valley of the shadow carried a hymn away from the table, his silver voice ringing like a descant over all our struggles. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, he said, and I will give you rest. Take and eat, take and drink, this is for you. This land is your land and their land. Come unto me, you tired, you poor, you tempest-tossed who yearn to breathe free. This world, this life, this land and all its high hopes, even in the midst of the shadows of betrayal, all this was made for you, for me, for us, for all of us. Therefore, choose life. This is not too hard for you. This is not too far away. Therefore, choose life, that you and all my beloved children may live side by side in the place that I will show you, the place of a promised new beginning. May it be so. Amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all God's blessings. Let us pray. Nourishing God, thank you for inviting us to your table, where all are welcome, for feeding us with the bread of life, and for quenching our thirst with the cup of blessing. As you have filled our lives with love and hope, send us out into the world by the power of your spirit, that we may be a source of your love and hope for all others who hunger and thirst for good news. Amen. Dear friends, our service now begins. So go from this time and take with you whatever you have found of the zeal for justice, of the promise between our sisters and our brothers, and plant it in the waiting furrows of the world that it may bring forth the fruit that God intends. And as you go, remember that the word is very near you, in your mouth, in your heart, and you can do it. Remember that the life and love of Jesus are broken open and poured out for you, and that as you make your way to the place of promise, you go with the blessing of God who as creator imagines you, the blessing of God who as savior restores you, the blessing of God who as spirit enlivens you this day, this night, tomorrow, and even forevermore. Amen.